TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here. On TuneIn, go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Friday, February 2nd, that is a week from this Friday night, 8 p.m. at Bethesda Theater. It is your favorite D.C. sports radio hosts from the Team 980 and 106.7 The Fan together on stage for a night of sports debate, laughs, and behind-the-scenes stories. want all of you to consider coming out. I'll be there the entire night. We will uh, be on stage talking, but you know we'll get a lot of time to, to talk one on one throughout the night as well. Friday, February second, eight p.m. at Bethesda Theater. Uh, everybody from this station, yours truly, Chris Russell, Craig Hoffman, hopefully Denton producers, hopefully uh, Doc as well. Uh, the Junkies, Grant and Danny, Brian and JP from 106.7 The Fan. You got to get tickets. They're available at BethesdaTheater.com. That's BethesdaTheater.com. And that night uh, with all of us and hopefully many of you presented by Main Street Bank, Cheer Local, Bank Local, put their team in your office. Visit MStreetBank.com. That's MStreetBank.com for more information. Uh, Let's get to some of Denton's news. Hitting the news you might have missed. It's Denton's Daily News. All right, what do you got? All right, so we're going to start with the news of the morning that surprised me a little bit. It was announced that Joe Barry and the Packers parting ways. He is out as their defensive coordinator. Yeah, um, you know, they they played pretty well defensively at times, and then they didn't. Uh, But look, that team had it together uh, late. Joe Barry, by the way, I think I don't need to say this, presided over a Washington defense in 2015 and 2016 with Jay Gruden as the head coach that was among two of the worst defensive teams we have seen in the NFL in a long, long time. The 2016 team was the worst third and long, meaning third and seven or longer uh, defense in modern era football going back to the 1970 merger. Uh, We couldn't wait to see Joe Barry leave town. And then, you know, there were hopes that – uh, you know, Jay would be able to hire somebody and bring somebody in. Ultimately, ended it ended up being Minuski. Um, he was interested very much in Vic Fangio uh, during that offseason, but it did appear potentially that Jay Gruden's you know years were dwindling in Washington. And Minuski came in talking about cracking heads and um, doing whatever that line was he had with. Uh, with a tire iron. I forget what it was at this point. Um, he went to L.A. with Sean, was there, uh, and then ended up with Matt LaFleur in Green Bay. Here's the thing that people who have known Joe Barry have said forever. Really good football coach. Jay Gruden has said many times, he's actually an excellent football coach. It is funny 
to watch some of these guys who have never had massive success anywhere. Now, Joe Barry ended up with the Rams winning a Super Bowl as an assistant head coach and linebackers coach uh, in L.A. and then got a chance to be a coordinator again in Green Bay. Um, when you see these guys that are familiar with guys and, you know, a lot of people will chalk it up at times to, you know, uh, it's, it's a, it's an old boy network. It's nepotism in some cases, not in, not in this case. Uh, but these are guys that are trusted to do a competent job. Um, but Packer fans were definitely upset at various points, uh, and time this year, the Packers ended up, uh, defensive ranking wise, uh, per, D- per DVOA, 27th in the league. Now, there were moments this year, like when they slowed down the Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night football uh, in a win, um, when they got by Detroit on Thanksgiving and slowed them down to a crawl on Thanksgiving Day. They had it going there briefly for a period of time. They beat the Rams 20-3, to um, but uh, Joe Barry is out, uh, and we'll see who Matt LaFleur brings in those are I can tell you from conversations especially with that crowd the Shanahan crowd um, they hate letting go one of the guys that they have trusted and and have had close to them for a long period of time but the results have to be there or you get pressured into moving on from Joe Barry Um, God that 2015 and 2016 defense if it had just been awful instead instead of horrendous maybe two straight playoff seasons, maybe even a playoff win or two with the offense they had. Uh, go ahead. What else you got? All right, so it is finalized. Doc Rivers is the new coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. They, uh, You know what's funny, Kevin? Um, we found out yesterday, because this wasn't like hugely public, uh, he had actually been consulting Adrian Griffin for like the yeah. past couple of months. So that, I, I think, that. makes this a little more of a strange situation. Yeah, he's the consultant to the young coach, the first-time coach, and then he ends up replacing him. Um, I love Doc Rivers as as a broadcaster, as a storyteller. I, I read earlier, and I would suggest all of you do so. I actually retweeted this story, um, but Martian Gortat in an interview uh, with uh, HoopsHype.com had so many good things about, so many interesting nuggets about when he was in Washington, but he was also asked about playing for Doc Rivers, and he buried him. He said he's he's a great guy, he's a great storyteller, he's a good dude, uh, but just he would not trust his coaching decisions. I've always felt that way in watching Doc Rivers' teams, you know, as as a coach, whether it was, you know, those days in Orlando or, you know, he got that title in Boston um, in 08, right? 08 they won it. 09 they were back. Yeah. Um, what year did they win it? What year did the, no, the that Celtics was, that was win two, That was 2008 with Garnett and Ray Allen. Yeah, it was 2008. Um but, man, too many times, whether it was with the Clippers or with the Celtics after winning the title or in recent years with Philadelphia, man, they just came up short uh, when it mattered the most in postseason. And it just always seemed in watching those games that it was, you know, it was in-game strategy. It was, it was a team that was at times just completely disorganized offensively. Last year in particular with Philadelphia. How about this? How about this is a possibility? I just thought about this. Did you say this earlier? Did you put this in my mind? I don't know if you did. But if you did, then I apologize for thinking it was me who came up with it. But what if 
the Bucks and the 76ers play in the postseason. I mean, they're the two <laughs> and three seeds right now. So they would play, assuming the Bucks got by a first round matchup, they would play in the conference semifinals. Yeah, it would have to be the semifinals because Lord knows Doc Rivers doesn't go much further than that in the playoffs nowadays. Well, I mean, imagine, look, the uh, Nick Nurse is an outstanding X's and O's coach. And he coached Toronto to that title. And I know, you know, I know what happened in the finals with KD going down, et cetera. But still, Toronto's run, they beat Milwaukee. They, it was an incredible run led by Kawhi Leonard. But Nick Nurse, an outstanding X's and O's coach. I don't think Doc Rivers has ever been that. I think Doc Rivers is more of a mentor and a motivator and a player's coach, et cetera. Um, but that would be an interesting matchup. And, and by the way, very probable because I do think that Boston's the best team in the NBA, and I think they're going to be the one seed. And Milwaukee and Philadelphia are clearly the next two best teams in the East. I mean, I could see, you know, I could see the Knicks with, you know, the, the recent trade making a, a move into the top three, maybe. Um, the Heat are always dangerous, obviously, just in the postseason in general. Uh but I think we could see we could see Doc Rivers against the 76ers within a year of being there. All right, what else? Uh, speaking of the NBA, how about Tristan Thompson getting popped for PEDs? A 25-game suspension really helping his 3.8 points a game and 3.9 rebounds per game. I mean, that guy just cheats no matter what stage of life he's in. Yeah, and yet, you know, he's had a career that I, I don't know. How many years has he been in the NBA now? A while. He's been in the league for a long time. Drafted in and, 2011. And just seems to always be kind of a, a, a revered and beloved teammate. Um, I did see that story. What did he take? Um, Pete, it was like a, some weird combination of letters and numbers that I had never seen before. Okay. How old is Tristan Thompson, though? I mean, he's got to be uh, like 32. 38. Oh, he's only 32 years old? Yeah, he's only 32. God, it seems like those Cavs teams that he was on. Um, just were like back in the LeBron days, but maybe he wasn't on any of the LeBron. No, he was. He got a, he won them a championship. Oh yeah, of course. He was on the team when LeBron came back. Yeah. But for whatever reason, I I thought that he may have been on the team that LeBron was on initially before he went to Miami. No, he was not. He was drafted in 2011. Oh, okay. He got an $80 million contract though when they won the championship because he was rebounding so well. Oh my God. His rebounding was incredible. All right, what else? Uh, how about some Oscar nominees? Margot Robbie not getting an Oscar nominee for uh, for her role in Barbie, but Ryan Gosling did. He penned a letter to uh, the Academy. He was not thrilled that both Margot Robbie and the director were not being recognized. I didn't see Barbie. I have no interest. I you didn't am see Barbie? I thought you saw Barbie. I thought your, uh, no, your wife did No, I did not see Barbie. It. Oh. No, I, I have no interest. I am very interested to know if because uh, I haven't seen any of the, this. Did Paul Giamatti is he nominated for best actor from the Holdovers? Um, let me pull it up. I know um, Oppenheimer got about eighty thousand. Cillian Murphy. Um, yeah, Killian Paul Murphy. Giamatti is nominated for best actor. Okay. Um, what about the movie? Was the Holdovers? Um, hold on, give me just a second. The best picture, uh, the Holdovers is in there. Barbie is also in there. And I would I would assume Oppenheimer's in there as well, right? Yes, Oppenheimer is in there. Okay, I have seen um, none of these movies. 
Holy smokes! I I thought I thought Paul Giamatti was great. Who who else got nominated for that? What about supporting? Anybody from that movie for supporting? Uh, the for, holdovers for supporting actor? No, and for What's supporting the woman's actress, name who played the uh, Divine Joy uh, yeah. Randolph. She is. Yeah, yes. she was great. She was phenomenal in that movie. Uh, what are the other movies? Uh, so best picture is American Fiction. Never heard of that one. Anatomy of a Fall, Barbie, The Holdovers, Killers of the Flower Moon, Maestro, Oppenheimer, Past Lives, Poor Things, and The Zone of Interest. Oof, I got a bunch of movies to see between now and whenever it is. I've, I, I've, I mean, The Holdovers, Oppenheimer. I've only seen Barbie on that list. I need to see The Holdovers. I know you've been telling me about that, and I'm waiting for Oppenheimer to get on a streaming service where I don't have to pay for it. Did you say Maestro? Yeah, that one's on there. Okay. So was Bradley Cooper nominated? Yes, he's nominated for uh, Best Actor. Yeah. All right. Um, Very good. What else? Uh, I haven't seen most of those movies. Yeah, neither neither have I. Uh, So we mentioned the the, uh, Chiefs and Bills scoring uh, 50 million viewers in the uh, divisional championship. Do you – or divisional round. Do you think that the uh, the Ravens can outdo that? Because I do feel like there's a lot of interest in Lamar Jackson nationwide yeah i think the big difference is just the start time you know the the prime the, the 6 30 start time for buffalo kansas city on sunday went into prime time and that's when you capture the largest audience a 3 p.m start for the afc title game i bet comes a little comes up a little bit short that would be my prediction i have no idea so many factors go into that and sunday was really the perfect situation because you had uh, an unbelievable matchup involving the Chiefs with obviously Mahomes and Kelsey and Taylor Swift being at the game against Buffalo. And it was an absolute brutal few days, especially on the East Coast and in the Midwest weather-wise. So it's not like anybody was taking advantage of being outside. And it, and, and it was the 6.30 start. So this one, 3 p.m., 50 over 50 million viewers for those of you that didn't get that and we talked about it earlier in the show the most ever to watch a divisional round NFL playoff game is just insane um but yeah it's got it, it'll do a massive number the the 40 the, the 49ers Lions on Fox I mean the 49ers are a marquee team but man Taylor Swift is probably carrying some you know incremental bump with her To the TV numbers, no doubt. And you know what? Also, I want to just mention something because every single time Travis Kelsey caught a ball Sunday or caught, you know, a touchdown and he played one of his better games since they started to date, um, you know, they showed her, I I don't care anymore. Like the first couple times it's like, oh my God, the whole emphasis of the broadcast is on Taylor Swift. Who cares? If it's bringing more people to the game, it's great for the game. And these cutaways are three seconds, four seconds. The people that are really going bat you-know-what over it, I mean, I would just say relax. I would say touch grass. There's so many people that are actually enjoying it. It's not disruptive of the football game or of watching the football game. Uh, what else? Well, she didn't steal the the show. Jason Kelsey stole the show this weekend. Yeah, with with that was yeah. their first time meeting. By the way, imagine meeting your uh, your brother or sister in law, and all of a sudden they're shirtless, chugging beers in like twenty degree weather. That's the first time they've met. Yeah, 
Because you think throughout the course of the season, they spent the holidays. I mean, Travis Kelsey spent the holidays yeah. in, in Kansas City, and Jason was in Philadelphia, so there they really wasn't a time for them to meet. Right. Uh, yeah. All right. Uh, all right, what else? The final thing for you here, MLB Hall of Fame uh, Class 2024 announced four guys got in. Adrian Beltre, Todd Helton, Joe Maurer, and Jim Leland, all members of the new class the Hall of Fame. Yeah, you know, Tommy, um, Tom Lavero is a Hall of Fame baseball writer, and I think he voted for all of those. And I think Billy Wagner was the one that he voted for that did not get in. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I, I'm not a big baseball Hall of Fame, you know, follower, expert by any stretch. I know Beltre was an absolute given and I think got the highest uh, percentage of the vote. Helton nearly made it last year. There was a lot of pushback on Helton during his four or five or six year run, whatever, as a, as a nominee because of the Coors Field effect. A lot of those numbers inflated because he played in Colorado. Maurer, everybody loves. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I, I don't know that there was a controversial leave out. Was there? I don't, I don't believe so. I like you. I'm not like a huge uh, Hall of Fame connoisseur. Yeah. Uh, Listen to my podcast. Tommy did 15 minutes on this particular class, and he always, every year with me, uh, you know, reveals his ballot um, publicly. You don't have to do that, but he does that every year. He's been a Hall of Fame uh, baseball voter for a long period of time. Um, All right. uh, Let's get to... We haven't done this in a couple of weeks. We didn't do it, I don't think, last week. Maybe we did. But I, I don't remember the last time we did NFL Power Rankings. But we're going to do it with the four teams. But we're going to add a fifth when we come back. Kevin Sheehan Show, the Team 980, the Team980.com. We are free and live on the Odyssey app. I do want you to know that Window Nation right now is offering the best deal they offer all year long because winter is here, temperatures are cold, your heating bills are high. If your windows are the reason your heating bills are high and you need new windows, just give Window Nation the first chance. I promise you that, first of all, there's no risk. They'll give you a free estimate. You can shop it. You can look at other companies if you want. But give them a shot at 866-90-NATION or windownation.com. They're one of the top three to five window retailers in America. They've installed nearly 2 million windows, 96% of them, without the need of a return to uh, reinstall. That means it goes perfectly the first time. They make the windows here locally. They measure each window three times to ensure proper fit. Their whole team is experienced. All of their installers have been with them forever. 16 years of experience with over 20,000 windows uh, installed. Uh, They're just a company that if you've been thinking about working, uh, installing new windows, you should be working with. Uh, They've got the best product. They've got the best people. And right now, they've got the best deal. If you want to finance the purchase, you won't pay anything in interest, 0% interest, until the year 2029. Five years, plus you get half price on all windows, 50% off any style of window. Your energy bills will go down, heating and air conditioning both, and your home will look much better. I've been working with Window Nation for 14 years, endorsing Window Nation. I've got complete trust in them. They've got the experience. They've got the credibility. I promise you it'll work out for you. Call them at 866-90-NATION or go to windownation.com. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love. Hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. It's better over here. After investing billions to light up our network, T-Mobile is America's largest 5G network. Plus, right now, you can switch, keep your phone, and we'll pay it off up to $800. See how you can save on every plan versus Verizon and AT&T at T-Mobile.com slash across America. Up to four lines via virtual prepaid card. Allowed 15 days. Qualifying unlocked device. Credit service ported 90 plus days with device and eligible carrier and timely redemption required. Card has no cash access and expires in six months. Rank them one to five. I've got the power. NFL Power Rankings. I guess this will be the last time we do this this year. Uh, we have four teams that have advanced to the championship games. It's championship Sunday, um, but we're going to add a fifth in here. And look, if you don't think one of the remaining four are one of the four best teams, Denton, you know, go ahead. Be controversial uh, if you want. For me, number one's really easy. Um, This Baltimore team, I think, is an absolute wrecking machine. I don't think they're going to lose on Sunday. I don't think they're going to lose two weeks from Sunday. I think this is a Ravens year, and it wouldn't surprise me if they win easily on Sunday and win the Super Bowl in easy fashion. The 49ers need to be healthy. They need Debo Samuel. I mentioned this before. In games with Debo, they're 12-1. and In games without him for the entirety of a game, they are 0-4. He is crucial uh, for them. Uh, but the Ravens, to me, are clearly the best team I think they're going to beat Kansas City by double digits Sunday at MNT Bank. The second best team remaining are the 49ers. Uh, I do believe that. Um, with Debo healthy, they're the clear-cut second best team uh, remaining in the league. And I do expect them to win on Sunday at home against the 49ers, and maybe not with the same level of test that they got from the Packers. I think Detroit defensively really is a bit of a mess right now. Um, and I, it, I'd i be surprised. Now, I, I felt the same way against the Packers. I thought the 49ers would score 30-plus against Green Bay. Uh, the weather could have had something to do with it that night. Um, the loss of Debo Samuel clearly had something to do with it. But if they're healthy, I would expect them to score 30-plus against the Lions. KC's three for me. Um, they're ahead of Detroit. I just don't trust Detroit defensively. Uh, I, I think... Look, Tampa moved the ball. I mean, they had over 400 yards of offense. Baker Mayfield threw for 369 in the game. He had two picks. One of them was a drop by Evans. Um, I this is this this Detroit story is an awesome story. Uh, by the way, believe it or not, there was even more to the whole bizarre finish. Todd Bowles once again was asked in an individual one-on-one interview, and he just said. The game was over. 
he, this is the kind of stubbornness that you don't want to see with a head coach that does so many things right. I mean, you just got to admit at this point, hey, I messed up. I messed up badly. We had a chance to get the ball back with 33 seconds to go down by eight points near midfield. And I punted on that, and I made a big mistake. He's not backing off this idea that there were only 12 seconds left and that it would have been an easy field goal and that the game was over. At some point when you're wrong and it's so obvious that you're wrong, I think you got to step up and say, I made a mistake. But he hasn't done that. Um, Detroit is number four on my list. And the fifth best team in the league. Are you ready for this? I'm ready. Denton? I'm ready. When all said and done, considering health with Buffalo's defense, the Los Angeles Rams were the fifth best team in the league at the end of the year. <laughs> oh, I think I actually think if the Rams and they had a really good chance to knock off Detroit, um, and the way it would have played out in the postseason with Green Bay winning as a seven seed. Green Bay then would have gone to San Francisco as they did as the seven seed. And the Rams, the Rams would have gone to Tampa in a second round game. And you know what? I think they'd be playing right now in the NFC title game against San Francisco. I think they, they were, were a one point loser to the Lions. Uh, I thought Matt Stafford in that loss to the Lions was incredible. Um, anyway. Uh, that may be a little bit controversial, and I hate doing that to Josh Allen because I really do think Josh Allen, if we held a draft today, I'd pick him second after Mahomes. Certainly no worse than third or fourth. Um, but I think as a team, look, the Rams are the only team down the stretch that had a chance to beat Baltimore. I'm, I'm not counting the Pittsburgh game, which they rested their starters in the season finale. I'm talking about with Baltimore starters. They had Baltimore on the ropes at M&T Bank. Lost to him in overtime on a 70-something yard punt return. After that, Baltimore beat Jacksonville 23 to 7, the Niners 33 to 19, and the Dolphins 56 to 19 before beating the Texans 34 to 10. The Rams were a really good team at the end of the year. All right, what's your order? Uh, so I'm going to start from the the bottom. Five for me is the Detroit Lions. Uh, I think their season has been fun, but let's be honest. Uh, I think similar to what you said, they played a Tampa Bay team that wasn't exceptionally great. They they, that, they played kind of like the, uh, the stepchild in, in the postseason. So uh, I have them at, at five. I have Buffalo at four. Like I think if you match up Buffalo and Detroit right now, Buffalo wins that game. So I have Buffalo Buffalo's at, at defense four. is a mess right now. Yeah, but I I still think they would find a way. You know, one thing that I don't know if we have talked about enough, I, I don't think Detroit's defense is great. I don't. I, like I, I've said that a couple times. I'm I, really I, it's happy not good. Aaron Glenn is getting interviews, but like I would not have watched this defense and said, yeah, the guy that's coaching this defense should be a head coach. But he himself is great. Like, he was really entertaining in hard knocks, but I just would have never made that correlation that the guy coaching this defense is – is getting interviews for a head coaching job. So I have Detroit at five. I have Buffalo at, at four. I have um, I have San Francisco at three just because I don't know right now about Debo Samuel. If I knew for sure Debo was healthy, 
they would be two, but because I don't know for sure that he's healthy, I have them at number three. There's such a difference when he is on the field versus when he's not on the field. So I got them at three. I have Patrick Mahomes at two. I'm just going to put him there. I don't know if I would like the Chiefs that much, but I'm going to put him there because he's the guy that matters the most. And then I have Baltimore at one. That Baltimore team is not getting discussed uh, enough as a, a whole team, but you and I know that offense and that defense is great. We're so used to having great Great defenses lift up, you know, relatively average or bland offenses. Like, you're more of a historian than I am because you were around during this time. I can't tell you much about the 85 Bears offense. I know how good that defense is, though, right? Like, that's a great defense lifting an an okay offense. Baltimore has both. They got a great offense and a great defense. It's virtually unfair, so I got them at one. I mean, hell, they're spe- I mean, they gave up a punt return to Steven Sims, you know, for, for a touchdown in the playoff game, but their special teams have been awesome all year long. Um, no, I think we're watching – nothing approaches for me in my lifetime of watching football, the 85 Bears defensively. And I think the 2000 Ravens are probably even a better defensive team, a more physical defensive team than this one with, you know, guaranteed lock Hall of Famers – um, on that defense. Um, one of the greatest defenses in the history of the NFL, and it was not one of the four Super Bowl Pittsburgh teams of the 70s. But if you go back, and I'm pulling it up right now, um, uh, the 76 Steelers were one of the greatest defenses of all time. That team did not win the Super Bowl because Bradshaw got hurt. So they had, I think that was the season they had Mike Krusek, who actually went to St. John's here locally. I'm pretty sure uh, he was the quarterback for much of that season. But listen to, here's, they had in that season, I know it's a different era, okay? I understand that. The 76 Steeler defense had five shutouts. They had two games in which they allowed three points, They had one game where they allowed six, and then every other game came early in the season where they gave up 14, 17, 18. They did did, did give up 31 to the Raiders and 30 to the Patriots, but they had five shutouts, and they held two teams to three points. Like, that's impossible to do in today's NFL. That would never happen. But I think that that 76 defense, which had – Hall of Famers all over it, all right? They had Lambert, Ham, um, uh, uh, Donnie Schell. Uh, um, oh, God, uh, I, I'm, I'm blanking now. Uh, mean Joe Green. Um, who else would they have had Hall of Fame-wise on that team? Dungy was not – I don't think Dungy was on the 76 Steelers uh, I got to go down and look at their defensive stats. Why don't I just do that? Um, yeah, okay, Hall of Famers on that defense. Okay, the Hall of Famers on the 76 defense were Lambert and Ham. Um, that, those are the two. Uh, offensively, they had some really good players, too, uh, in Harrison Swan, etc. But the 85 Bears are the greatest defense ever. Watching this Ravens defense, though, 
It is nasty. It's also, as Bobby Trossett, who we had on last hour, it's also a little bit banged up, but it's it's young, too. I mean, Kyle Hamilton in his second year is a star. We realize that. He made all pro, right, in his second year. Um, and, you know, Queen and Roquan Smith in, in that second level and Matabuke and et cetera up front, they're just they're great. I just don't – and then with Lamar's capability on offense with their run game, imagine, by the way, they still had Keaton Mitchell or J.K. Dobbins, who they lost early in the year. What if they had one of their two most explosive backs in the backfield? Because their explosive guy now is really Justice Hill. He's the explosive back, and he's nowhere near what Keaton Mitchell was for them. They're really good. I I just uh, you're right. Like I don't know if people understand how good the Ravens are. Watch, they'll lose to the Chiefs because Mahomes <laughs> will pull off you know a magic act four times and it'll be enough during the game. But I'd be surprised. Look, the Chief. Eventually, you are who you've been, and I know the Chiefs played well against the Bills, and they played well in what was impossible circumstances against the Dolphins. But the Bills defensively were a mess. This is going to be a dominant defense that they face Sunday. And the last couple of times, they the Raiders were very surprisingly a good defense when you got to the end of the year. They lost to them outright on Christmas Day. At home, remember. Uh, and by the way, the Raiders couldn't even move the football in that game. That was the game that literally Aiden O'Connell, I don't think, threw a completed pass in the second half and they won the game because the Raider defense was so outstanding in that game at Arrowhead. That was the Christmas Day game, wasn't it? I'm pretty sure it was. was. Yeah, it was. You're right. Uh, The Packers, when they were playing better defensively, shut them down. The Patriots pretty much shut them down for the most part. Um, I just think they are going to be who they've been all year, which is just not quite what we've seen in recent years from Kansas City. I think Rice has really come on, obviously, and Pacheco's an absolute beast. But I bet Baltimore shuts them down. Kansas City doesn't score more than 17 on Sunday. This has got, to me, 27-17 or worse written all over it. Something like that in the game. Maybe 27-10. to Can't wait to watch that game. Much more excited about that game than the nightcap. <laughs> much more. Much more. I feel bad, but like I, I do not get up for the Lions the way that obviously Detroit gets up for the Lions. I think it's cool. I just am not interested in them as much as, as that city is. So here's what I want to consider, and I actually want your thoughts on it. We'll open up phone lines. 301 It's not Ravens-related. It's 49ers-related. And I asked somebody who I had on uh, – who did we have on the show yesterday? Was it Nate Davis Yes, um, from USA Today? I, I asked him, I said, what if San Francisco doesn't get it done again? Like, what if they lose Sunday night and don't even make the Super Bowl? Or what if they make the Super Bowl and they get absolutely blown out for a second straight time by the Ravens? Or they lose to the Chiefs for a second time? What will our impression of the 49ers be? The 49ers have been this genius organization. John Lynch, Adam Peters, but really it's been about Kyle Shanahan. 
It's been about the Kyle Shanahan off the father's incredible coaching tree, the best coach, certainly one of the best three or four coaches in the NFL, doing it over and over again without an elite quarterback, whether it was Garoppolo or even Purdy. But if they get knocked out again, he doesn't have a Super Bowl. I mean, everybody talking about Josh Allen not getting to one, not winning one. Kyle Shanahan wouldn't have one. Why wouldn't Kyle Shanahan be viewed if he doesn't get there or if he gets there and loses it in the same way that many are talking about Josh Allen right now? It would be ridiculous on some level because it wouldn't change how good of a coach he is, how great of an offensive coach he is. But if they don't win it, I'll tell you one thing that will definitely stick out, and it will be – we still don't have that example since Trent Dilfer, basically, of the guy that won the Super Bowl that was just okay or less than okay as a quarterback. 301 230 301-230-0980. If the 49ers don't win it all this year, what are we going to say about them as an organization? What will you say about Kyle Shanahan as a head coach? Will it start to enter the conversation that he can't get it done in the big ones? I'll answer it. Denton will answer it. I want your thoughts on that as well as our Ace Law listener lines are open. 301-230-0980. It's the Kevin Sheehan Show on the Team 980. NFL news, Joe Barry out as Packers defensive coordinator. The It was announced earlier today they are parting ways and they will begin their search for a new defensive coordinator. In the NBA, the Bucks fired uh, Adrian Griffin yesterday and it was announced about an hour ago that Doc Rivers is finalizing a deal to become the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks. Wizards in action tonight. They host the Timberwolves. Cat came off uh, 62 points the other night. Wizards got to lock him in on defense. Terps on the road against Iowa. Pre-game at 6.30, tip at 7. You can hear it right here on the Team 980. And that's what's trending. So all of the talk about this great 49ers organization, and it's been great. Um, I would have taken and traded places with it over the last uh, many years in a heartbeat. But... What if they get knocked out Sunday? What if they go to the Super Bowl and lose it? What will we be saying about Kyle Shanahan in particular? Kyle Shanahan, his first seven seasons as a head coach, which he just completed season seven, still alive in the postseason, obviously, 64-51 and 51 in the regular season. Uh, you know whose record is almost identical in his first seven years of coaching as a head coach in Carolina? Ron Rivera. He was 64-47-1. He actually had a better record as a head coach in his first seven seasons in Carolina. He also took teams to the playoffs in those first seven seasons uh, four four times and went to a Super Bowl. Kyle is taking a team to the playoffs for the fourth team, took a team to the Super Bowl. They're essentially identical records, Kyle Shanahan's and Ron Rivera's. But obviously the perception – of Kyle Shanahan is off the charts. He's considered to be one of the top three coaches, top five worst case in the game. But what if he doesn't get it done this year? Look, I think the question will be he hasn't solved the quarterback problem that he's had. And without one, uh, it has limited his team's postseason production. And it's on him and the organization 
for not having found something better. Maybe Brock Purdy's the guy. We'll see. Sunday night and then again in a Super Bowl. Um, But, uh, Denton, what will it say about Kyle Shanahan and the 49er organization if they don't win it this year? Well, I think it depends who they lose to. Like, if they lose this weekend, it'll say a lot. But if they lose to a team in Baltimore who, let's just say, I mean, you think that Baltimore is going to win big. If Baltimore shreds the Chiefs and then they lose in like a one-score game to Baltimore, I don't think it says much because it's very clear that Baltimore is the best team in the NFL right now, and you'd be punching up. So I think it depends who they lose to. I still think Kyle Shanahan's a really good coach. I think the quarterback is a bit of an issue. I think Brock Purdy's done some good things, not some great things. So as long as they don't lose to Detroit, I don't think there or there should not be too many critics coming out of the the, the woodwork. Yeah, I, I in the same way where it's like really Josh Allen can't get it done. There is some there's some reasonable criticism. Uh, in some key moments, including at the very end on that final drive on Sunday. But if he were available, 29, 28 out of the 32 teams would take him over the person that they have, minimum. And if you had a coaching opening and Kyle was available, they'd be beating down his door. Uh, at least 20 teams would probably, you know, 15 teams would probably be beating down, down their door and would fire the guy they have to try to hire Kyle Shanahan. However, um, they have not solved... The quarterback thing. Brock Purdy, I did not think, played very well against Green Bay. That was an okay final drive, and it was a clutch drive, and there were clutch plays made by him, but I don't think he looked the part at all, personally. It's going to be interesting because I think there's context around it. If he doesn't play well and somehow they still barely beat Detroit and then they get run out of the building by Baltimore and it's obvious that they have, or at least there's some questions about whether or not Purdy is the guy, um, I think Shanahan will take uh, a pounding uh, on that. All right, 301-230-0980. In a rec, Ace Law helps you get a check. Call 8888-ACE-LAW. If the 49ers go out early or if they just get to the Super Bowl and lose it, will Kyle Shanahan's reputation take a hit? We'll start with Robert in Annapolis. Robert, go ahead. Hey, uh, Kevin, I wonder, you didn't mention Mel Blount. That, yeah, uh, I, I got that wrong. Uh, Big Tony, Big okay. Tony texted me. I'm uh, yeah. Blount was on that team. Um, uh, the, the Pro Football Reference had an indication that I was reading. Uh, Greenwood was in. Uh, Blount, Joe, Joe Green, Blount, Ham, Lambert, Greenwood. I think are all yeah, in, the, in the Hall true. of Fame off that defense. Um, I also remind you that Brad Johnson and Nick Foles won Super Bowl since Trent Dilfer, and the Foles was more impressive because. He scored a lot of points. Uh, Johnson, the Tampa defense, really took care of that Super Bowl. Fair but, enough. Uh, Fair both, enough. Uh, Brad Johnson's yeah, came Sh- literally the year after Trent Dilfer's. Yes. Right. Yeah. Uh, both Shanahan and and John Harbaugh are under the uh, gun this week. If they either get uh, if they get to the Super Bowl, I don't think, uh, as you say, we're going to judge them harshly on that. But they got to win these games because. Uh, they've had good teams, and you know you're judged on uh, getting to the Super Bowl and and often winning the Super Bowl. So um, I would agree with you on Shanahan, uh, but I would put Harbaugh sort of in that same category. Although really? he does have a he, he's bowl. won a Super yeah, Bowl. I, he's know, actually he, outperformed you know, Harbaugh, in some you know, of these postseasons. Kevin Harbaugh falls under the uh, Tomlin situation. You know, great coaches. But we as fans are spoiled, and we've expected more. I, I love the guy. I mean, I'm not, I don't want him to go anywhere, but I'm just saying there is a segment of uh, Steeler fans that have a thing with Tomlin and right. Ravens fans that have a thing with Harbaugh. I'm just, it's there. 
Well, the, the one thing about Baltimore's teams is they ne- they didn't have Ben for as many years as Tomlin had Ben. And so True. I and and for both teams, you know, it was Brady and Belichick owning the AFC for all of those years, but God, so many of those deep playoff runs, even though they didn't get to a Super Bowl, they should have beaten the Patriots in the AFC title game after that 2011 season. But, they but, certainly had a Kevin, chance to beat bro- the Wait, when you're brokenhearted at the end of the season, you got to blame somebody. It's easier to blame a coach than all the well, players. You should have blamed Lee really Evans and Cundiff for that uh, one <laughs> yeah, back then. Oh my. <laughs> Thanks, right, Robert. Let... Appreciate it. Uh, Ian, Ian, what will they say about Kyle Shanahan if he doesn't win at all? Topic. The biggest thing I would say about Kyle Shanahan is his coaching of quarterbacks has been exceptional. Going back to Matt Schaub, Matt Ryan, um, the quarterbacks he's had. Valuation of the quarterbacks has been poor. The guy, don't forget, for Tommy and you did the whole segment on it, is he did the entire topic of John Beck, and he said, I table for John Beck. He stood on a table for Rex Grossman. His evaluation and choosing of quarterbacks. Trey Lance is the biggest miss miss in evaluation. The biggest miss. And I can't even give him credit for acquiring Purdy because they even said that was a throwaway pick that Brian Greasy kind of scouted. So, like, his coaching has been exceptional. I'm obviously a big Shanahan hater, but you can't deny the facts. It comes to actual evaluation of quarterbacks, he's been poor. That's just a fact. Good call. Your phone's breaking up here and there, but appreciate the call. Let's finish it up with Paulie. Paulie, what will they say about Kyle Shanahan and the 49ers if they don't get it done this year? Big guy, how you doing, man? Hell to the W. No, I mean, I'm going to piggyback over Iron a little bit, man. It it is quarterback evaluation. And not only that, it's just uh, his strategic the strategic plan, and also, man, you go back to with him in Atlanta, twenty-eight to three. You know, he took a lot of a lot of flack for not running the ball late in the game. Um, the forty-nine Super Bowl with Garoppolo, even I know Garoppolo missed a wide-open guy. You know, but the fundamentals told you to, you know, let's run this ball. You know, so they're not going to make it to the Super Bowl this year, and they could lose this weekend. And you're going to have to go back to the quarterback position, like. It comes to a point in time, Kyle Shanahan is a good coach, but we're we going to have to pair him up with a Stafford-like quarterback or Kirk Cousins-like quarterback. And they keep overlooking that position as if Kyle Shanahan is so good that you don't need a great guy to win the Super Bowl at that position, and I think they do. And like you said, well, they tried. They, they made a big move in, in trading up and drafting Trey Lance. They just got it wrong. Speaking with the Trey Lance draft number and uh, trading Trey Lance, I mean drafting Trey Lance. Uh, do you feel any comparison of Trey Lance, Jaden Daniels, Adam Peters being gun shy? Didn't you ask me this the other day, or did you DM this to me to the other the no. other day? I, I I don't know. I mean, I I I don't know that Trey he evaluated Trey Lance in the same way that Kyle did. I mean, one of the things that was discussed about Adam Peters time in San Francisco is that when it came to quarterbacks, those were Kyle evaluations and decisions. I'm just saying. So we don't know how he felt about Trey Lance. Even not even. But Trey Lance played a lot less 
and at a much lower a level than Jaden Daniels did. Low level, exactly. But what I'm talking about, same style, projective type of quarterback, where yeah. it's going to take some work. You know what I mean? So regardless of what he had him as rated as or where he evaluated him at, it still is the same type of situation. That's what I'm yeah. saying. One of the, the things that I got, I got to run. Uh, sorry, I'm up against a hard break, but but I'm just telling you real quickly. You know, one of the reasons Purdy people think was successful and something that Greasy really put a lot of weight on was playing a lot at the college level. Trey Lance played basically one season at North Dakota State. Jaden Daniels has played a hell of a lot of college football in two different places, two different leagues, including the best league in America. Uh, All right. Uh, Linnell's in with Chris. Yep. They're up next. Tune in is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Doncic. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. And even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See t-mobile.com. 